What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another DadCast. I'm your host, Timmin. This is my podcast and my dad's podcast. This is the Timmins Podcast Network, which you're listening to. We have three different podcasts that happen. You may know me from my regular Timmins Podcast conversations, long form with cool individuals. We do with Tim and Lincoln Show, which happens irregularly. Um, don't listen to that one. And then the DadCast. <laughs> does Does Lincoln know you say that? I don't know. He should listen. <laughs> And then I'm gonna you tell, tell him. Me, yeah, no, I, I doubt he listens, so I can say whatever I want. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, folks, you know us. We know you. Uh, shout out to our new listeners. Thank you so much. Your sermon, the first sermon that you did, Dad, mm-hmm. is blowing up. It's oh, getting really? whoa, lots of views, oh. lots of listens. So shout out to cool. everyone who's been spreading that. Thank you. Um, maybe it's the algorithm. Maybe it's the people. I think it's the people. I download it every day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wouldn't. They would know, wouldn't they? I have no clue. I, I would think. I don't know how it I, works. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're both drinking. I'm some. drinking uh, a hard apple peach. Hard apple peach. Reds. Hard, yeah. I'm drinking not- a wheat mango with guava and passion fruit. So from Bell's Oberon. Nice. Um, yeah, so I guess that's the intro. We got some cool stuff to talk about today. It's been a while since we've done a DadCast, I feel like. Uh, Pre-Kansas, maybe? When yeah, was the last time we did? Like a month Kansas. or two? It might yeah. be. Yeah, I went to Kansas for a bit. Might and be. I'm gonna, yeah, I've am gonna. i got go my padding here so that when I put it down, it yeah, won't. Yeah, we got to figure out something with this table. It, you need a padded table. It... Uh, Every time we set something on it, it just reverberates through the mics. Mm-hmm. You can hear it at home. You'll love it, I'm sure. Uh, we got Allison in the yep. studio. I told her to. She's she listening. She's, she's coloring. She's coloring. It's so if you have questions, you can you can chime in. Yeah, yeah. just yell. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah, so we got a big topic you want to get into. <laughs> I almost don't want to. Uh, honestly, I'm thinking about this as, as my as, as God expands my understanding of stuff i'm like if i go back to a podcast maybe a year ago i might go oh i probably think a little differently than that so just so if people go hey you're inconsistent just know that i'm growing yeah so so this subject is something i don't know tons about and i'm not gonna continue to delve deep into it because it's about lucifer Ooh. (laughs) Wait, are you telling me that you're not perfect? I am telling you that. Is that what you said? That like, look what you have to look forward to: imperfection. You're, <laughs> you're, you change and grow as yeah. a human being. Yeah, like you don't, you can't, like there's not one thought that you have that's like, I don't know. I, I'm no, I know what you mean. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Well, the fact that I listened to you interview James Seniak, mm. and uh, and I'm like, you know what? I would have voted for him if I would have known. Yeah, because I, I'm conservative, but the Republicans have screwed us so many times, I no longer call myself a conservative, uh, I mean a Republican, but I am a conservative. But he, James had views that um, I appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the cannabis one, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like Brad Rogers, our sheriff, and now he's our commissioner, He's he was like, there's if there's medical, you know, medical CBD, is he's like, you can't... I mean, yeah. he was a sheriff, and he's like, I'm not against that. So, I mean... Yeah. yeah Brad Rogers yeah. is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So... Big fan of Brad Rogers. Maybe I should get him on the podcast. Yeah. That'd be fun. 
Um, I'll reach out to him maybe. But yeah, no, it's it, James was great to talk to. That's for folks who haven't heard it. That was um, podcast before this one, probably last week. Was it? Uh, yeah. James ran for Senate, the U.S. Senate, and that was mm-hmm. just fascinating to kind of pick his brain. Knew him from elementary back in the day, but it was kind of cool just to hear. He's a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, doing cool things. It was really. I got uh, just excited, you know. I uh-huh. don't politics usually doesn't make me excited it usually makes me sad and depressed <laughs> and feel alone yeah and feel angry mm-hmm. and uh his conversation made me excited so that's cool i really appreciated that but yeah that's cool yeah yeah so you're growing individual yes um when i was in my 20s the i became a christian at 19 in the air force and uh the guy that was the leader of our Bible study, he was married and in his late forties, so he was older. Yeah. But he he told us, um, you know, as you get older, you you'll understand things, and God will change your. You'll, you'll get a deeper understanding of your biblical views, and they should be changing. Not not that you go, oh, Jesus isn't. Uh, deity anymore? No, no, no. That's a that's fixed in place for me. The Trinity, all that you know. But there are issues that, as you get more adept at your understanding, you're going to change. Is, does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and he said, you if you're not changing as you get older, you're probably in a rut of religious religious tradition. Not mm. you're not learning. You you're know, stuck in the same. You're thing. stuck. You're not growing. Or if you let other denominations feed you what you're supposed to believe because you don't want to think on your own, hmm. then, you know, it's, it's not a vibrant relationship. So, yeah. yeah it's yeah. not a relationship. It's uh, you just opening your mouth and getting fed. You're a baby. Yeah. And as we know, we don't get fed at church very much anyway. So most churches. Most churches. Most men tell me that. Yeah. Would you and assume they're men or what? No, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I only just, talk to men. Okay. <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So I'll kind of read this. Okay. Well, and, and you, you have can stop me. This is, can we just before you read yeah. it, uh, where, well, you know, this is something that you've kind of just uncovered maybe a little bit, right? Or, yes. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, we all have only a certain amount of time, and there are things that people go, hey, you should check this out, or you should check into this. There's, there are so many directions I can go, right? but I, there are a lot of tangents that I'm interested in, but I don't spend time on them. Yeah. And then there are things in the Bible that, I, like, I'll get to that later. Yeah. You know, so... Like Revelation. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. This can, and I don't know what, I didn't read it before you did this, but when you read this, I'd love to hear what your view was when you were 20. I'll tell you what it is right now, okay. or what it was. Okay. Um, um, so this a is very view. simplistic view of heaven and hell and earth. Okay. Um, that in heaven there are angels and God, and in hell there's demons and Satan which we've pulled that up, a lot of that apart already and said it's much more complicated. Actually, hell is empty right now. There are different compartments in the underworld. We've kind of gone through some of that stuff. Yeah. Heaven, there's the three heavens, first, second, and third heaven. You know, we, we've kind of talked about stuff like that. And so, at that, yeah. yeah. 
And so, so it's too easy to say Satan is the one bad guy from the beginning. Right. Although I, that's a good question. Okay. Before the New Testament, and we, we talked about this a little bit, the Satan, the adversary, wasn't necessarily one person, although a lot of times it might be the a leader mm-hmm. who... And during the intertestamental time before Jesus, literature starts to form the name Satan as the worst person, the worst one, the worst enemy, and and so by the time we get to New Testament time in our in our day and age, we look at the at not the Satan, but we look at a word called Satan, and we think it's one entity that's been against God the whole time. But that's too simplistic. There's, does that make sense? Yeah. So when we say Satan, I know what you mean, but we don't realize that that idea was formed during that intertestamental time between the, the 400 years of what we call the 400 years of silence were there. Last book of the Old Testament, first book of the New yeah, Testament. Yeah, Ezra and Nehemiah reestablished the Jer- Jerusalem and the last prophets stopped prophesying unless... There are other, like the Catholic Church has some things in between there. But, um, yeah, that's where the idea of Satan being a proper noun with a capital S and being one entity, it forms during that time from from the people I'm, the, the resources I'm learning from. Okay. So does it make sense? Yeah, it does. Remember what my original question was? No, tell me. So what was your view twenty <laughs> when you were twenty of this subject before you read this? Oh. Uh no, I appreciate the back. God the, yeah, you started out, it's very simplistic. Yeah. And your view was very simplistic. And so what's the simplistic view of Yeah, Satan and Lucifer are the same person, they're just interchangeable names, and he's been the main enemy. And then he's the top dog and all the demons are underneath, underneath him. Okay. Which which is sort of true, but it's too simplistic. It's more complicated than that. Cool. That's, yeah. And as you've grown, Lucifer is not even a proper name. That's what we're going to uncover. That's what we're talking about today. Now, if somebody talks to me and says uh, Lucifer, I, I'm not going to correct them because I, I know what they mean. So it, it doesn't offend me and it doesn't change. I mean, it's not going to mess you up if you call this entity that is opposed to God, if you call him Lucifer or Satan, I understand what you're saying, but it's actually improper. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's not correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're a King James only person, you're going to be very angry at this point. Oh boy. Because King James is the, is the truth text that introduces the word Lucifer. And it's only once in the whole Bible. Oh, okay. But it's not the prop. It's not the, it is not the name of that entity. So public service announcement, if you're into the King James, good for you, but also maybe turn this podcast off. <laughs> Listen, I don't hate the King James. I've memorized scripture in King James. Yeah. Every translation has problems and strengths. Yeah. So a King James only person is so committed to the King James, they're not going to like that I will expose its weakness. But mm-hmm. I'm not saying you shouldn't read King James. Yeah. I'm just saying be aware, aware of this. So anyway, okay. so... <clears throat> Maybe I'll read 
and you can stop me because it's about a page and almost two pages. So you're cool if I ask questions in the middle of it? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, Start and I'm still kind of, it's so wrestling with it. I'm wrestling with yeah. it. So, uh, okay. So, uh, Hillel Ben Shahar. All right. Stop. No, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> you're good. Yeah, <laughs> That's you're good. the Hebrew title of this entity. Hillel Ben Shahar. Yep. Hillel Ben Sh- It's S H A H A R, Shahar, but I'm going to say Shahar, kind of like. I'm going to add some Hebrew in there. Right. Not that I know, even know Hebrew, but... Right. Okay. Uh, in the King James Version and a few other translations, Isaiah names the ultimate rebel of God as Lucifer, and that's Isaiah 14, 12. Okay. Lucifer is not his name. It is Halel ben Shahar, literally, morning star, son of the dawn. Halel may have been his name before he rebelled, and was degraded. That may have been his name. Uh, Hillel means light bearer, shining one, and is a figure of speech or a metaphor for a morning star because of its brightness. Job 3.9 and Job 38.7 refer to angelic beings as stars of the dawn and morning stars. They are bright, so they are called stars. More importantly, and this is important to remember, they are created beings unlike Jesus. Hmm. So don't let false prophets lure you into the deception that Jesus and Lucifer are the same being. Remember, Satan masquerades as an angel of light, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11, 14. So that's first paragraph. Okay. Any questions? Um, would King James people be mad at that right now? Yeah, the fact that I said Lucifer's not his name because King James says... Uh, says Lucifer, and I'll explain okay. why they did that. But. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, and so, but, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't have any major questions that pop up. Okay, and, and I'll keep reading. So, it's important to note the difference between Hillel ben Shahar and Jesus. And this is... Different yeah. syllables. Yeah. <laughs> Look again at Isaiah 14, and I'm, I'll read this to you, Isaiah 14, 12, and compare it to how Jesus describes himself in Revelation 22, 16. So right now I'm, I'm deciphering the difference between Lucifer and Jesus because there are people that say, especially... Mormons? So, yeah, I, now they'll, they'll say they're brothers. Okay. But there are occult uh, secret societies that actually worship Lucifer oh, like, as yeah. God yeah. and make him... Sometimes they'll try to make flub you up that because Lucifer is the morning star and Jesus is talked about as a morning star so I'm gonna I'm gonna unravel that for you right now okay so okay um, Isaiah 14 12 I'm gonna read you the King James version how thou thou art how art thou fallen from heaven O Lucifer son of the morning how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations okay so that's so it calls him son of the morning, mm. Lucifer, son of the morning. That's how they title that Hebrew phrase. Now let me read you Revelation twenty two sixteen, where Jesus is talking about himself to John. He says, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So you see how there's mor- son of the dawn, morning star. So now I'm going to pull that apart. They're very similar. Very similar. But I'll show you why Lucifer and Jesus are not the same person. 
uh, Hillel ben Shahar is the son of the morning in the Isaiah passage. But in Revelation, Jesus is the morning star, not the son of the morning. Okay. Okay. Which makes sense. Yep. Yeah, I'm tracking with that. Okay, cool. <clears throat> the stars, or the angels, they're created beings, right? But Jesus is eternal. He is the root and offspring of David. So he was here before David, and he came after David. He's yeah. that's it shows Something the that eternity. only guy can do. Right. Yeah, that's mind-boggling. Yep. He, Jesus, he always existed. Stars or angels have not always existed, right? Okay. Okay. It is sad to observe that since Hillel is the son of the morning, this means he was originally created by Jesus. Mm. Very sad. Uh, it's sad? Because he's rebelled. Yeah. He originally was created... To be part of... Part of God's plan and... yeah one of the most beautiful beings ever created. Jesus is eternal and is the second person of the Trinity that created all the angelic hosts before their rebellion. Hmm. So all fallen angels, including, let's call him Lucifer here, but uh, let's call him Hillel, that's better, uh, were created um, in perfection. They were they're awesome. Yeah. So it must be crushing to God's heart that they've rebelled. Yeah. Yeah. Decide not to be perfect. Right. Yeah. Okay, so everything tracking so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I, maybe I, I was like, man, I don't know if the... No, that makes sense. That's good. Okay. I think I'm there. I'm adding right. other additional thoughts. Yeah, you want to throw them in here or do you want me to keep going? I just thought about the prodigal son. Like, that's a passage, right? Yeah. That's humans because mm-hmm. we rebel all the time. Mm-hmm. But we get to come back. Like, yes. How cool is that? Like, imagine... You know, like, I don't foresee, maybe I'm just, this is just me going off the top of my head, but think about, you know, Hillel over here. He's not going to be able to come back to God. Right. Like, he has rebelled, mm-hmm. and there's no prodigal son ability. Like, you're gone. Right. You're no longer part of this thing, which is sad. And then God made humans mm-hmm. who mess up all the time and can come back. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Boy, I got something on the prodigal, but I don't want to bunny trail. Maybe you can bring bring me back to that. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Anyways, I just no. I like that because popped right in my head. I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting." Prodigal. Yeah, I, there's one guy that is a fantastic teacher that talks about the prodigal son. But maybe we can un- yeah. unpack that. Joel Olstein, I've heard it. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. my favorite shallow <laughs> teacher. Uh, he talks about this stuff all the time. Does he? No. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Next paragraph. Uh, Okay, now I'm going to get into why I don't like Lucifer, the name, the title. In secret societies, the rebel of Genesis 3, who later becomes synonymous with Satan in the New Testament, is called Lucifer. This is who they worship, secret societies. Yeah. Okay. Like when you get to the top rung of right. Freemasonry, you it's Lucifer that you are worshiping. Right. Top that, rung of the United States, Lucifer <laughs> yeah. you're worshiping. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I feel, I feel, I feel secret you feel societies. Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, and these societies seek to exalt their God and diminish Jesus. Lucifer is, here we go, Lucifer is not a Hebrew word, nor is it an English word. It is not a translation, and it is not a transliteration. Do you know the difference? Don't know. Okay. Break it down for me. A translation is when you take original an original language and rewrite it into a new language. Okay. 
Yeah. So you're taking the ideas of Hebrew, you're moving in bread into English. came from this word, right? But yeah. But to both means bread. Right. English means bread, whatever word. What's the Spanish word for bread, Allison? Spanish word for pan. Pan. Yeah, so pan. So if you're... Bread. Yeah, you would... There's the translation. Yep. That's a translation. Okay. Gotcha. So what's a trans... A transliteration is when you leave a word untranslated from its original form and rewrite it in a new alphabet. So... It's in the Bible a lot. So like behemoth. Yep. Behemoth and Leviathan are transliterations. In Job, in Job 40, verse 15, and Job 41, verse 1. Um, behemoth... And Leviathan are these creatures that are huge, and they, they don't know how to... Now, some translations will call it a hippopotamus, and it's bullcrap. So, yeah, get on <laughs> Is it a King James? I don't know. Okay. I think King James right. leaves him. I should look that they up. They leave him here. All right, King James, you can still stay for, yeah, okay. for a little bit longer. <laughs> we'll figure out the translations that call them hippopotamuses. Turn off the there podcast you go. right now. Right now. Yeah. So Listen to the translation that says hippopotamus. Turn off this podcast right now. <laughs> So behemoth is a transliteration of the Hebrew um, letters, and they try to put them in English okay, and make it as close as they can. And they're like, I don't know what this word is. I don't know what it means. But and, here it is. And that's a, that's a faithful translator. It's like, I don't understand what behemoth is, so I'm going to take it from Hebrew and put it into English as behemoth, and then you figure it out. <laughs> okay. Cool. Does that make sense? So, okay. but... Let's roll it back. Lucifer mm-hmm. is no, not, a, not a translation or a transliteration? It's neither. Okay. Which is what you can see why I'm like, this is messed up. Uh, okay. Okay, so, so I'll go back to that it? sentence. Uh, it, it is not a translation, and it is not a transliteration. Okay. It is a Latin word, lux fere, I guess. I don't know if that's how you say it, which means to carry light. So it's a Latin word that was put into English for a Hebrew fa- phrase. So the proper Hebrew phrase is Hillel ben Shahar, which is light bringer, son of the dawn or son of the morning. That's mm. kind of what it means in Hebrew. So if you were to be faithful to that, you would either leave it as a translator and go, well, this guy's name is Hillel ben Shahar, or you would. You know, leap. That would be a transliteration, right? I guess you would, or, or you would um, try to translate it some some other way. But putting the word Lucifer in is, I, I think, is improper. So, in Latin, Lucifer stands for the planet Venus, and in the Vulgate translation, that's in the late three hundreds, uh, Jerome, the translator Jerome, used this word Lucifer instead of proper properly translating it from Hebrew. Hmm. The Vulgate was commissioned in 382 by Pope Damasus I and became the standard translation scripture for the Catholic Church. This false name Lucifer rolled into the King James and a few other translations. The problem with Lucifer slash Venus is all the occult meanings and allegories in secret societies that connect that to that name. So the fallen realm has effectively created confusion and disagreement among Christians who are unaware of this history. Those who defend the King James as the only and absolutely true translation are defending the occult name Lucifer over the correct name Hillel ben Shekhar. Wow. 
1,700 years later. Yeah. We weren't fighting about I mean, that's something that I've heard this argument before. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fascinating. Defending things that don't matter. You need to wear a suit and tie to church because it offends God because you're not respecting him. Mm. Bullcrap. Yeah. Yeah, respect God, but that's not scripture. Right. That's your no, man-made it tradition. scripture when David danced in his suit and tie in front of everyone <laughs> and everyone was embarrassed. Do you remember that? I, listen, I, I like, you know, Jordan Peterson says that men should dress up in, when they're in public and he has a good argument for it, but he's not making that scripture. But you know, you know what I mean? So I, if you show up to church in a suit and tie or a dress, awesome. Yeah. Just don't make that um, a right. biblical uh, doctrine. Yeah. I mean, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I'm here for You're it. You're hearing it. I hear you. Okay. You are heard. <laughs> um, I'll keep going through this, and then we, you, you no, can ask questions. We'll go back to the prodigal, because, okay. Yeah. Jesus said in John 8, 44, that Hillel, I'm, I'm going to say that name from now on, Hillel. Yeah. Um, that Hillel was a murderer and a liar from the beginning. Jesus is not saying that Hillel was created that way, because in Ezekiel 28, 12, it points out that he is created in perfection. The word beginning in, uh, in Greek is ark, or arche, and it means more than just a time sequence or a starting point. It also carries the idea of being a magistrate or a chief ruler. So Hillel was a chief among the celestial realm who exchanged his righteous glory to become the chief liar and manslayer of all creation. I think his intent, I think, okay, so this is not, this is is on me. I think his intent. Where's this at in the Bible? I'm joking. uh, (laughs) What, I think you mean? (laughs) It's written all over my Bible. (laughs) I got my opinions all over it. (laughs) it's funny because you read my Bible when I was 19, and then I'll have different. As I get older, I'll write different things. Like, no, I don't. I don't agree with myself there. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> I'm running out of room. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so Hillel. I'll read that again. So Hillel was the chief. Was a chief among the celestial realm who exchanges righteous glory to become the chief liar and manslayer of all creation. I think his intent was to lead humans into self-destruction, which is murder so that he could prevent us from ruling the earth and from participating in the divine council. He did not want us to come anywhere near the status of the divine council or of having any authority over any part of the celestial realm. Because remember, someday we'll judge angels. Hmm. And I don't think the fallen realm liked that idea. Hmm. So... So let's try to That's work a out a... Weird t- thought to even think about <laughs> judging angels. <laughs> if I'm going too fast, I only have one more paragraph, and then we can dig Do through... St- okay. So let's try to work out a timeline. Hillel was perfect before the creation week. Ezekiel 28, 11 through 19, outlines his amazing qualities. He held multiple positions. He ranked as a seraph, like the Nakash in Genesis 3. Okay. So it okay. looks like a dragon. Yeah. And, and, and a... A, uh, a Nakash, or a, I mean a seraph, is a throne guardian closest to the throne. Yeah. And cherubs are the next rank down, right? So, okay. okay. So he was a seraph, um, and that's in, I think that's back in Isaiah 14. He is also ranked as a cherub. That's in Ezekiel 28, 14. Additionally, he seemed to hold the position of a celestial priest, 
This is indicated by the gold and the nine gemstones that covered him, and that he walked among the stones of fire, which are probably the Bnei Ha Elohim, the sons of God. So he walked amongst them. He had a he had gemstones in his body or something like that. Just like Aaron, the priest has twelve gemstones. He had uh, Hillel had nine, which I'm interested in why. Wait, where is this? In, where is this in the Bible again? Uh, you. If you look in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, you'll find these. And that's a good, just so you know, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 are a rebuke to earthly kings, but as the prophecy opens up, you realize it's this is more than a human that is being talked about. Wow. You know, in Ezekiel, when it says you were perf- perfect in beauty, you walked in the Garden of Eden or what, you know, it's it says stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, so you know it's not talking about a human anymore. So, okay, Isaiah and Ezekiel. Let's just yep. step back one more. Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. Both of those are prophets, right? Isaiah and Ezekiel, yeah. yeah both prophets. And so when they were prophesying, I'll ask this later. Finish your Okay. Time. Yeah. Okay, so so he, he has a rank of a seraph, the rank of a cherub, the rank of a celestial priest, um, I think there may be some other places where you can say he was also an archangel. So he's like all these ranks. Right? Yeah. Um, and he walked among the stones of fire. He walked among yeah, stones the of fire are the <laughs> the break that the, down. the sons of God. And where do you find that at? I think that's Ezekiel. That Ezekiel passage. Ezekiel as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. And there might be some others, but I didn't write all that out. I should have. Yeah. Uh, this history may actually predate the creation week of Genesis one, which. Remember, I, you know, yeah, I yeah. have to admit that your theory is probably not right. That, <laughs> that no, it's cool. You that I love young creation, the young creation young theory, young. but yeah. I also have to realize there's probably a prehistory. Yeah, you get what I'm there's saying. More than what you can even understand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you can be a godly believer. All? That's a young earth you could be godly and believe there's it's yeah. something going on before that well, all i'm saying is the earth's like 17 billion years old that's all i'm saying <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's as old as evolution says okay. I, I wouldn't go that far but you know i wasn't there you'd so. probably go as far as six thousand years <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit back for that six thousand probably for the creation we six yeah. to ten thousand maybe six thousand nine hundred years yeah something like that right <laughs> okay all right good yeah go. uh okay so uh so those are all the ranks that he held in perfection, cherub, seraph, priest. And then the event in Eden happened. We know that he was in Eden because Ezekiel 28, 13 says that he was in the garden. Okay. okay. Either he was, now there's another, these are all bunny trails. Either he was the Nakash that lured Adam and right, Eve right. away from God, or he was behind the curtain prompting the Nakash to lead the rebellion. Hmm. He's one or the other. So at some point before the whole event began, or possibly right at that point, Hillel was corrupted, like right in the garden, or right in that time period. when He's when like, he, it's time. Let's do it. It's time to rebel. Boom, 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 boom. There's a good argument that Hillel was behind the push of the Nakash that lured Adam and Eve because God... Um, cursed him. Cursed the, the Nakash to crawl on his belly. Hmm. And uh, 
Halal ben Shahar is still deceiving. Uh, I, you know, he he may not have been he he may have been the one who pushed the Nakash, but he still has authority, and he's not crawling on his belly and stuff. I, yeah. There are arguments about that, but it gets into I'm I'm not sure levels to it. Yeah, at that point wow. levels I'm not ready for yet. But I was still tripping about this high priest with nine gemstones walking around the stones of whatever they were supposedly in his body really just vibe it should i should i look up ezekiel 28 yeah yeah read that real quick i'd love to hear what that sounds like okay um i'm sure the people do too if you don't turn off the podcast (laughs) i mean here's isaiah how many many king james uh only lovers are still listening to this podcast (laughs) let me know Email me at timmonspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Love to hear from you guys. Yeah. Okay. okay, so the Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14 is about the king of Babylon, I believe. Okay. Ezekiel 28 is about the prince of Tyre. But okay. like I said, it's, it, you can tell it goes beyond him quickly. So, uh, so the word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel 28. Uh, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord your God, because your heart is proud and you have said, I am God, I am a God. I sit in the seat of the gods, notice the divine council, mm-hmm. in the heart of the seas, yet you are but a man and no God, though you make your heart like the heart of a God. So we're getting the human yeah. king and the right. fallen, It's they're and mixing they're probably together. Because we talked a little bit about this. Let's just pause for a second. We talked a little bit about, like, you thought that there's probably high-level officials, government officials, who just are like, open up, like, spirit come in, yep. and you direct me. Yes. Basically. And that's probably what's happening at a high level for some of these kings, right? They're right. Just, Nothing new under the sun, right? Yeah. 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 Nothing new. Yep. Um, I'll go to verse 4. By your wisdom and your understanding, you have made wealth for yourself, you have gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom in your trade, you have increased your wealth, and your heart has become proud in your wealth. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you make your heart like the heart of a god, therefore, behold, I will bring foreigners upon you, a, the most ruthless of nations, and they shall draw their swords against you. Um, okay, so that's, he's mixing in, there's going to be punishment unleashed. Uh, against the king of Tyre, right? But let me go down to where it gets into where you can tell where the, um, it, it moves into the prophetic realm of this Hillel being. Um, Raise a lament over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle. Nine. Nine. Wow. And crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. Hey, you can't. That can't be the king. Then. No, yeah, we're, you're right. You're way we're talking past about that. Halal. Yeah, I got caught up on uh, was it sapphire and carpuncle? Yeah, 
Yeah, isn't that like a folk band? <laughs> right, Simon ahead. and Garfunkel? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sorry, uh, we need some comic relief. That's no, I'm good. sorry. Okay, so you, uh, you're talking about the Eden. So there's no way that yeah. this can be a king at that point. Th- that's an, I mean, that's enough. You get the, yeah. you know, you're on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. Hmm. Yeah. So he was a oh. priestly... He was, yeah, and Isaiah, the Isaiah passage talks about being a seraph and, you know. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I could see, you know, you're talking to the one specific, but then the entity behind it too, where that can be both like interwoven. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking to you as a person and the entity controlling you yeah. as a person. Ah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's so wild. And the Isaiah passage is the same way. It's talking to a person and then it. Do you think the king of Tyre knew he was in cahoots with the whatever he's with? Do you, do you think that? I that? think they know. Yeah. I, but I, th- that's where you get into secret societies that believe that um, Lucifer. Uh, or I see. I'm so used to saying that name. Well, they they call Luc- they call it Lucifer. That's what they worship, and that that entity is actually on our side and mm. will um, save us win the war against. The mean god, you know, in all these ancient mythologies that come after the flood, and I think even possibly before, it's hard to tell what came before the flood, but yeah, these Sumerian, Phoenician, yeah, these Egyptian, mm-hmm. okay, there, there, these themes keep reoccurring where there's this mean god who floods the earth, but yeah. the demigods, the semi gods, help humans, and some of the demigods are. You, you can't quite tell if you know, if they're always going to be okay or not, but right. some of them are good. And yeah, yeah, so that they always make the God who flooded the earth the bad guy, hmm. and that the demigods are here to help you. Yeah, like I keep saying, Marvel series. I like the entertainment of the Marvel series. I'm not saying you can't watch it. I mean, there's some witchcraft going on in it, but right. I'm saying they're laying out for you their worldview. Hmm. Which is what has been, uh, you know, it's laced through Greek and Roman and other mythologies, you know. Yeah. So they always make, and so it's, and, you see the similar. They're all a little different, but they're also mm-hmm. very similar. And they all call that age before the flood the golden age, when oh, the gods walked among men and everything was great. Wow. Right, and so they want to get back to the golden age, Where they but were the Hebrews. Things. Are the seem to be the one culture that says no, that wasn't the golden age. These Nephilim giants were slaying humans for sacrifice and having, yeah, you know, fun perverse time. sex with everything they could, you know, animals and everything. And they just and it was evil. Those days were evil. So the Hebrews stand out as different. They yeah. don't venerate. The the the, uh, the demigods. The only one pushing the other direction. Yes. Interesting. As far as I know, I yeah. you know I don't know all world religions, but right. So yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the prodigal son? Yes. So there's this guy that I really like listening to, Timothy Alberino. <clears throat> I've started listing the people that I. There's probably about twelve. Probably about twelve people that I list. Some of them are really in-depth theologians others are just really on point just depends like michael heiser is yeah. just a brilliant uh, scholar uh, but timothy alberino 
<clears throat> is uh, I just bought his book. I'm, I'm going to read it. I've, I've heard him speak about it so many times. I already know a lot of the parts of it. But yeah, uh, he he thinks the uh, prodigal son parable is not about two humans, or it's about okay. He makes a great argument that doesn't change anything because the prodigal son is about being the father's love for a son, right? Right. That, okay. But he he explains very well that there are two sons in the royal family. The, the father was very wealthy. He didn't have a little farmhouse. He had servants. He had, he had a lot, right? And the younger son comes to the father and says, I want my inheritance, and then he goes out and wastes it, right? The elder son son stays home. And then, so that's the scene, right? But think about the younger son stands for the human race. The elder son stands for the angelic race that has remained righteous, has been with the father. Right. Okay. Starts changing the whole yeah. parable. The humans, the son of Adam, let's call him son of Adam, goes out and wastes his life, and is enslaved to this uh, the the swine herder. That's Satan. Okay. Swine is always occultic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then he comes to his senses and goes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to the father, to the father's house. Yeah. I don't deserve to be a son, but I at least need to go back to the father, and, and I'll just be a servant. Wow. Okay? That's repentance. So he goes back to the father, and the father receives him back, puts a robe on him, the righteousness of Christ, puts shoes on his feet because slaves go barefoot. Children wear sandals. Okay? Hmm. And uh, has this big feast, the wedding feast, you know, and and the father's just so in love with all of both of his sons, but the one that came back is brought back into the family, back into the house, put it. He's you know he's actually put back into authority and every you know placed right back in, and he doesn't deserve it. That's us. The elder son has a right. I used to think the elder son was uh, this religious, pompous person, but mm. he's like, hey, <laughs> I never left, <laughs> and you're bringing back this son, you know? Yeah. And so Timothy Alvarino explains that that's the, the elder race, he calls it the elder race, the angelic race that's older than us, more superior, more intellectual, just they've got us beaten every... But we're both children, we're both part of God's royal household, yeah. and so the elder son's like this doesn't make sense. But but God, notice God doesn't, he doesn't rebuke or cast out the elder son either. He's like, no, this son was lost. Now he's found. It's the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? It's yeah. a whole different level. Yeah, that's totally different. I've never and he explains it much better than me. No, but, yeah, but I'm but I'm like, what? Yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> so I can't take uh, precedence for or. Yeah. You know, that isn't an original thought, but yeah. Um, so, second question. Let's go back to uh, uh, Isaiah and Ezekiel. Yeah. Um, 
both prophets. What's the role of a prophet again? Because they're speaking at a level that's like beyond, like where we're at right now. I'm not sensing things that I need to tell someone. I mean, me, and granted, I'm not the role. That's not my role. Is a pro. I don't. I don't feel like I'm a prophet at all. But like that's the, like I'm not saying, wow, you know, Governor President Biden. This is this, and then also the entity behind by who know I can't tell you if there's a, I don't see that you know Biden might be just roses and bath water you know what I mean I have no clue I, how do you get to that point like what's so what's the role of the prophet yeah and then how has that come about and why are we not seeing that now <laughs> that's a good question but, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I don't have a very good answer but let me take a stab at it which okay. is not it's going to be incomplete let me tell you, first of all, my my friends who I love that are non-charismatic say that a prophet is basically like a teacher, like okay. John MacArthur. He's pro- when he speaks the word of God, he's being prophetic. Yeah. But no teacher's been doing <laughs> something like this. I know. I don't accept that. Yeah. I'm not I, I'm but, that's but when when you don't accept the gifts, then you have to uh, re redefine things, right? Okay. The charismatic realm has all these weird people. Everyone's a prophet. And they're saying stupid things, and they're all trying to predict the future. Right. That is not a prophet. Okay. What I, I, at least in my, and again, you're you're asking me, I've never answered this, so what I think when I see these guys, these prophets, often, uh, like Isaiah and Ezekiel both were in the presence of God, like they saw his divine council meetings, and they're like, uh, you know, like Isaiah, remember, he's he sees God, and he's like, uh-oh, I'm dead, and this seraph, I think it was a seraph, comes and grabs a a stone off the altar and touches his lips, and he's like, you're, I'm, and cleaned him, you know, because he was like, I, Isaiah goes, woe is me, I'm going to die, because I come from a people of unclean lips, and then this this being comes, takes a piece of coal from the altar and touches his lips with it and says, you know, it cleans him up or whatever. Yeah. So I know I'm going bunny trails, but Ezekiel's the same way. He sees these, th- he sees like God's throne. And so he's around that council meeting or whatever. These, these prophets had encounters that have an encounter. They're given a task and yeah, there are predictions in what they say, but I think they're preaching the old Testament gospel. You know, where um, they're telling Israelites, this is what you've been called to. This is what God's doing on a grand scale. This is where you're deceived. You need to get things right. I mean, that it's almost like an evangelist that has words of knowledge and predictions all and history. Hmm. These, these prophets knew history. I mean, I mean, I'm nowhere near... I don't know my Hebrew history enough to see all the innuendos and stuff, all the underlying things that they have there. Hmm. So they're they make these charismatics on YouTube look like idiots, right? And they're not trying to make people look like idiots. I'm just saying that's who they are. Yeah. yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, and they knew how to write, or at least they had to scribe. Like, so they're probably important people too, yeah. right? And they knew the literature of their times. Because they're always making references to all these other literature around them. The literature around them, and they're making in ways they're kind of mocking 
when you start to understand the literature of the cultures that surrounded them, and then you see the the prophecies and what they're saying, they are they're making jokes. They are making jokes and re, and rebuking hmm. a lot of things. So, yeah, that's fast. I barely have an understanding of what a prophet is. I guess I would say. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I've just I was thinking about that. Like you know, they're one. They're talking about stuff that's like way intense. You know, the 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 Ben Halal fella Shakar Shakar yeah. with his diamonds, and then they're calling that out. And the actual person that's running things at uh-huh. that moment, and it's like, wow. And where is that now? I wonder too. Yeah, you know, that's just fascinating. And you know that one question you had about why. Why did Hillel have uh, nine stones and Aaron had twelve? Right. It's again God. God does so this thing. He makes the first last and the last first. He he makes the younger. That's that's all through the Old Testament too. The, he he exalts the younger, not the firstborn. Yeah, sometimes yeah, depends the too. Like they're like yeah. they pay them the same even though they only worked an hour. Yeah. And it's like you can't get mad about that. I'm the guy who gets to choose who gets who gets paid when. Yeah. 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 Which is like above our logic and reason. Well, like think of Hillel seeing Aaron the first time that Moses put that ephod on him and it had 12 stones in it. Yeah. I know the 12 stones too for the 12 tribes, but but Hillel only had nine. Wow. Aaron has 12. Wow. And Aaron has no clue of what he's wearing, probably. Yeah. Just <laughs> vibing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chilling in pig slop. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Was it, didn't Aaron cast the the idol for the bull? Yes. Oh, yeah. He's like, what? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they made me do it. Yeah. They threw some gold in, and out came this calf. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So this is totally random. Okay. You want to hear something that sure. I saw today on Twitter, or yeah. a couple of days ago on Twitter? Yeah. So I follow this. Um, follow a bunch of people. This one person I follow, they are I think Wiccan. Uh-huh. I know them from mutual people. And this individual said that God, lowercase g, mm-hmm. is a they, them. Oh. And I look at it, and initially, right, I'm like, no, God's not a they, them. And then I'm like, wait, which God? Because they, be, they weren't specific. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, there's... Definitely a possibility. Yes. A high possibility that certain gods were they thems. Yes, Inanna was. Inanna. Inanna. Yeah. I wanted yep. to reply, which god? Because if you misgender the wrong god, that's not good either. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you got to be real specific because, you know, yeah. Yeah, who's Inanna? Uh, Inanna was this, most of the time she appeared as a goddess, but. Sometimes as a man, mm-hmm. uh, and she has different names in different cultures. Like it might in Egypt, it might be Osiris. Osiris, or is that the man? Iris. Iris. Isis, Isis. Maybe yeah. I think it might be. Anyways, yeah. she's in different cultures, but Inanna is. I forget which culture that's her name, but um, she is um, different genders. She's a goddess who loves war, even if there's no reason for it she has a real bloodlust for war for both sides getting decimated um her priests were 
the, the worship ceremonies they had for her were orgies, nice. homosexual, and um, sexual, and sexual, straight sexual. It was like anything goes, and um, often her priests would castrate themselves to become more like her. Oh wow! To to serve her, her priests were. Um, well, you know, transitioning, hmm. I guess you might okay. call it. So she fits. So at some point, I think um, this guy, I don't read his stuff, but I'm, uh, Jonathan Kahn, I think he's written some stuff. Okay. I think he talks about Inanna and exactly when she took over um, leadership of the United States but and, and exactly where it happened, and there's all these things about so the baton has been handed off to whatever was... What do you think it was before that? Yeah, I don't know. Some sort of... Something that was more patriotic and easier to get along with. <laughs> I don't know what it, what it would be called. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe the new guy's better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it exposes... Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. So... Um, can I take you on one more tangent? Yeah. And then we could probably wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, cool. Uh, thank you for sharing all this stuff about uh, Ben Hanana. Ben. <laughs> Hello, Ben. Hello. Hello means like, like Hello? carrier. Ben means son of. Can you hear? Shakar. Me? Is Shakar light or is Shakar morning? I forget. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, Hello, Ben Shakar. Um, uh, so uh, I was talking to individual and he spent some time at his friend's house and his friend is um, uh, from India mm-hmm. and so they were doing a ceremony to one of the gods um, that they are kind of they kind of go around multiple gods right there they they give patronage or I don't know what they do hmm. they like yeah uh, they get Very some, polytheistic, right? Yeah. A pantheon of gods. Yeah, yeah that pantheon. In different areas in India. Have different yeah, gods. Main okay. ones, right. right. It's geographical. Oh, okay. It's very like the northern's big into this and the southern's into this. Okay. Though they all are cool with the other ones. Okay. Certain one, and a lot of uh, American Indians, so Indians who have migrated to America, are like big into the ones who are like, about money and oh. wealth and riches. Okay. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so we were chatting about that, and it was it was fascinating because while I'm talking to him, I'm thinking about how, you know, I'm like, okay, so the God he's talking about that he went to the ceremony for, what does that line up with Roman? What does that line up with Greek? Things like that. Is there correlation between a lot of them, or am I just no, trying there to is. put stuff together? Yeah, there is. Okay. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Uh, I'd have to look. I have. I did a little bit of work on what Mesopotamian thought and what uh, Greek and, you know, but I'd have to pull that paper out because there's these threads of, you can see the the name changes in the cultures, but they have this the same kind of, I'd have to find it now, yeah. but I could tell you, show it to you. Like later. this is but. the God of fertility, right? That God probably is this God of fertility. Yeah, Different and, it, and the name in this culture is this, and the name in this culture is this, but it seems to be the same entity. Have you seen, yeah. or this is another question, because sometimes I was trying to make that correlation when I was just looking up stuff, like Isis or Osiris, or Osiris, right. uh-huh. 
right? There's like three big gods of Egyptian world that they do stuff. And then there's three good, big gods of Phoenician Babylonian, three gods in Roman, three gods in Greek. Oh, you're right? saying like, like a, a Trinity, I yeah, guess. Yeah, there's stuff like that. And so, I mean, be, I don't know. I don't know how to say, I'm not sure. But then, then but so but what I was going to say is like some gods are gods of war and fertility and other gods mm-hmm. are gods of fertility and the sun, right? So that's gotcha. not always yeah. like not always clear one to one. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just that I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, I, d- I mean, I think it's left over from the, the golden age before the flood. So, because if you think, see, see, the Bible only has Genesis chapter six, verses one through four that talk about what happened. At, you know where the, the fallen entities. Uh, had relations with women and created the Nephilim. It's pretty short. But other literature gives you more insight, I, which, like the book, first book of Enoch, gives you insight. I'm not calling that canon, but it does give you insight. So if you think about these 200 watchers, okay, now this is not the Bible, this is the first book of Enoch that gives you the insight into Genesis 6, right? Okay. The 200 watchers rebelled against their, their righteous angelic entities that rebelled and said, you know, we're going to go create our own offspring. We're going to have wives. We're going to create our own offspring. We will inherit the earth, not humans, right? That's kind of what's behind Genesis 6, right? Okay. Yep. If you think about these are fallen entities... They lived um, until at, until after the flood. After the flood, they're taken to Tartarus. But they lived. How long was this? A thousand years? I don't know. And their offspring had long life and were huge and were super intelligent. They these two hundred watchers. Just think, what if they? Again, this is some ideas from Timothy Alberino and others. That what if they? divided up the earth into sections. They went off, built their own temples, all, mm. you know, these megalithic things that are seem to have been around before the flood mm. that were made with technology. We can't even, yep. we can't create them today. They're so intricate and so huge. What if these 200 watchers went to different places around the whole earth, created their own empires, their own religious system, Hmm. that's what we have left over from the golden age is that false religion and it moves in even past the flood. Nimrod was becoming one of those kind of people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was human, but he became, he became something else hmm. in the text. Yeah. So he's following what happened in the golden age at the Tower of Babel. So um, now I'm getting lost in what I'm, what I'm answering. Yeah, I'm going so many bunny tales, but... No. Bunny trails, but bunny tails. I feel like. bunny tails. Yeah, no, that's so. that's really cool. To, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just a little bit more of like kind of lore behind it, though. It's not canon, but it's it is fascinating to think about. Yeah, it, it may make sense why there's a correlation between things, right? Like it's it's not all hundred percent truth, but there's connected stuff. Yeah, well, the the fallen watchers were sent to Tartarus, but their offspring, the Nephilim, right, 
what are remember what we called what what do they yeah, become fallen spirits or fallen what do they become in the demons. testing yeah, yes yeah, 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 demons yeah. so they're still around and they are imparting dark wisdom hmm. the nephilim they're they're not in they're disembodied but they still have influence on those who open themselves up which i think is what, what? nimrod did the 200 fallen watchers are locked away just because of what they did they're like too powerful yeah, because, yeah, because of, uh, you know, it became so bad that, um, you know, people were just corrupted. Hmm. Humans were becoming unhuman <laughs> and animals, too. Wow. So guys, like, it's, yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done with that. Wow. That's we're going to start cool. over. That's why, gener- you know, um, not we're getting like uh, the second or third watered down version, like the yeah. evil in the world that we're dealing with. It's like the third watered down version. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's kind of nice to know, like the real, real evil stuff. Is yeah, until away. it's until it comes back and okay, well, the end have, age. You have age to talk about yeah. that. You <laughs> have to talk about that. I was hoping to end this on a happy note. Oh, okay, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, let's just go back to Hobbit Town and live there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's just chill in there. Yeah, uh, fascinating. Uh, we're, we're probably at, yeah, we're way past. Yeah, we're an hour. Oh, we got yeah, I mean, we got quit. We don't have any time that we have to, but yeah. Thank you uh, for explaining this. Um, thank you guys for listening. Anything you want to say before we leave? Nope. You go all over there, Allison. You've been any quiet. questions? <laughs> uh, if you have questions, keep them to yourself. <laughs> uh, if yeah. you want sermon notes from your past sermons, hit me up on timminspodcast at gmail dot com. Yep. Anything else? Uh, nope. You sent yeah. some out. You sent some to Andy yeah. just now, and then Andy. And um, somebody else asked for them too, I think, right? Did you send those out? I have. I have sent those out. Okay. Um, Jeanette. Cool. So Cool. All right, folks. Uh, we'll catch you on the next DadCast, whenever that is. Adios. And as you say, peace out. Peace out.